The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 69th birthday today. Happy birthday to Greg Popovich. Nice. Greg Gugga. He's got that... He's got the double G. He's got the auxiliary G. Oh, man. Which I don't appreciate. I think yeah. he also added the H to his name so people would stop mispronouncing it. Popovic. Yeah, they would keep calling it Popovic. Yeah. So he's like, no, it's, it, there's definitely a so, sound. So he's got to have like some sort of like Eastern European like heritage, he's like, though, right? Yeah, like Cro- uh, yeah, Croatian. Croatian yeah, or something. I think he's Croatian. Yeah. Uh, anyway, happy birthday to Greg Popovic. Sitting to my right, the Joker to my penguin, our West African princess, Ishmael Johnson. Hello, Ish. Hey, what's up? Today is Monday, January 28th, 2019. 304 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 698. 698, the number of strikeouts for the 1989 Texas Rangers uh, pitching staff. Strikeouts per game, 6.98. Mm. On today's show, guys, we got some news and notes from around the Lone Star State, including like a surprising, suddenly like coup for Texas recruiting, which is yeah. weird, uh, as well as I'll kind of recap what happened on my uh, Saturday night, because I know that's why you're here. Uh, and then, back half of the show, we were actually spread out across the state. Uh, we have interviews from two different parts of the state. Uh, one, Matt Stepp caught up with John Campbell, the head coach at Edinburgh Vela, down there at the uh, City of Palms coaching clinic. And I had the opportunity to chat with Bo Robinson, the head coach of the Yoakum Bulldogs here uh, at the DFW Coaches Clinic in Grapevine. So we will get to both of those interviews coming up here at the back half of the show. <clears throat> let's start, though, with just some news and notes from around the state. And let's start with... Kind of, I think, a, a a big piece of news for the Texas Longhorns in 2018, 2019. Uh, but I think perhaps a bigger piece of news for college football writ large around the nation. Um, it is the, the tale, the saga of Brew McCoy. And if you don't know who did not, who Brew McCoy is, that's okay. Um, I don't think that it's, you know, unless you're like a, like, you know, recruiting gurus knew who this kid is. Um, I had never heard his name until like Wednesday, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brew McCoy is a hot shot prospect, a f- uh, by some accounts, a five-star prospect, uh, by almost everybody in the nation, the number one athlete, mm-hmm. uh, recruit in the nation. He's out of California, plays at Modern Day, uh, that, um, that private school out there. Um, and... He was apparently, and and this is me catching up. I had not followed the Brew McCoy saga. Uh, recruit Nick's yeah, we are not. So no, that's not me. So, um, Brew McCoy, by all accounts, was down to two schools that he was looking at. He was down to USC, and he was down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, apparently, he ends up signing in the early signing period with USC. 
uh, staying home. Uh, he wants to play for Cliff Kingsbury. He, no he noted that very publicly that when USC hired Cliff Kingsbury uh, as their offensive coordinator, uh, he said, okay, well, that's going to be that's, – that'll be really good for me. That's what I want. I'm going to go play for Coach Kingsbury. Signs with USC in the early signing period. Remember, this is just the second year of the early signing period. So – you may have heard, we've reported exclusively on this show, that Cliff Kingsbury is no longer the offensive coordinator <laughs> at uh, USC. Uh, he is now uh, the, you heard it here first. the head coach. <laughs> and of, last. Yes. You've, he's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So, Brew McCoy says, all right, I'm going to transfer. Yeah. And this is Which all is a great endorsement of head coach Clay Helton, by the way. This is yeah, I know. This is a <laughs> variety of things coming together, a variety of changes in the past couple of years that have all culminated in this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the early signing period is part of this, right? But also, the idea of uh, you can now transfer without penalty. You can mm -hmm. transfer and not have to sit out a year. Remember that was something that passed. Or well, uh, actually, he's. I believe he has to find a waiver. He signed right? his national letter of intent. He did sign. Yeah, he signed. And so his, he there's. That's kind of the the thing right now is that similar to similar to Justin Fields, mm -hmm. uh, he has to see if he can find a waiver to be able to play this season because he did enroll at USC. Sure. So, so he will have signed a national letter of intent and never play for that team. And this is a first, uh, I think, in in college football. Texas. He, by, by the way, he decides I'm going to transfer, and he announced this was Friday. Uh, that he is signing with Texas. He's going to go to and, and sign with Texas. He's signed financial aid paperwork and all mm -hmm. that fun stuff. That is in process. So the if you if you don't care about any of the other underlying fascinating aspects of this case, um, then you can tune out after I say this following sentence. Brew McCoy, one of the very best prospects in the state, according to people who follow that, or in the nation, rather, who follow that kind of stuff, is going to Texas. Okay, if you want to check out there, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Here's the interesting part of this is I think this is pretty brilliant on Brew McCoy's part mm -hmm. because he is calling the NCAA's bluff. Yep. And for a long time, the NCAA has gotten away with kind of operating the way that they do, mm -hmm. basically by everybody kind of being scared that they're going to drop the hammer on them. Right. Well, Brew McCoy is is kind of looking at this situation and saying, okay, I the coach I wanted to play for is no longer at the school I signed with. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to get out. I'm going to challenge the entire idea of a national letter of intent, mm -hmm. and I'm going to transfer uh, before I even step foot on campus. This is obviously big, and, and I think that it's brilliant in this case in the sense that let's say the NCAA – starts to throw a fit about this because mm -hmm. this is this is not a good look for the NCAA because this is one step essentially towards college football free agency right let's say the NCAA decides to throw a fit I guarantee you there are lawyers around the country oh. who would love to take up that case absolutely because this is not a case of Brew McCoy this that would suddenly not become about the Brew McCoy situation mm -hmm. that would become the entire college football idea the For entire sure. idea of amateurism mm -hmm. everything would go on trial with the Brew McCoy situation mm -hmm. and I think he got some advice from somebody that said you should just do this because they're not going to call your bluff force their hand yes right yeah because it it's it brings uh, the bad or the negatives about the early signing period into question. Mm -hmm. It brings the uh, negatives that have already plagued kind of coaches' free reign, mm -hmm. right? Cliff Kingsbury sign, you know, signs to USC as offensive coordinator, recruits players, then just leaves. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So now they're like, oh, okay, I wanted to play for this guy. I don't want to. I didn't right. necessarily want to play for Clay Helton, right? I right. wanted to play for Cliff Kingsbury in this awesome, free flowing offense that he's been, you know, uh, putting up numbers with since his uh, days as a coordinator. I wanted to play for that. And so it's, yeah. yeah so Brew McCoy putting, taking things into his own hands, saying, you know what? I'm, I'm out. Like, like let's, let's bring this like even more locally. Mm-hmm. Let's think back to the Art Brile situation at Baylor. Yeah. Okay. So he gets fired. Mm-hmm. And suddenly people are like, Hey, I don't like. I don't know if I want to play for Baylor. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Baylor had to let them out of their national letters of intent. Right now, in their to their credit, they did, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to. Yeah. That was not something they were required to do. What's happening now with Brew McCoy, and why I think the NCAA is going to let this slide and let this let this just happen mm-hmm. without any much of a challenge, mm-hmm. is because if they do make a stink about it suddenly it becomes a lot bigger than that and it becomes a whole conversation and they stand to lose Mm -hmm. a lot more of what makes college football the college football status quo uh as opposed to what they would currently lose which is the idea of kids can transfer after they sign their national right after they sign their national right what i hope happens i don't know if this will happen exactly but what i hope happens is the ncaa passes some sort of waiver mm-hmm. to all recruits that sign on especially early signing period they were recruits have to submit to the ncaa who their recruiter was who mm-hmm. their position coach was who their coordinator was even their head coach even their and their yeah. head coach if all four leave they can leave or or two of them or if something like that. something like yeah. that if if their coordinator leaves if Kings, Kiff kingsbury leaves if their primary recruiter leaves, yeah, like because it's not the head coach going the, go going to those guys twenty four seven usually, right? It's they, they do the 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 final lap around the field to mm-hmm. kind of get everybody together. It's the quarterbacks coach, it's the wide receivers mm-hmm. coach. They're the like sometimes the wide receivers coach is the one going after the quarterback, the high highly touted quarterback, and so it's not necessarily. I don't understand the argument, the counter argument to that to all that is oh you you commit to a school. Right, the counter. That's the counter argument. Right. I'm not saying that's yeah, my. It's the devil's advocate, right? It's you know, you're oh, you're committed to Texas, you're committed to Baylor, you're committed to USC. It's not the dean going to those going to those kids. Yeah, it's not the the president of the school going to those kids. It's the coaches. You're right. committed to the coaches. I mean, if, think about it in your in your job. Yeah. If your boss left and things changed around here, yeah, you would certainly consider what would be you know, whether or not that's the place for you. Right. And and I'm not going to pretend to you're speak. Not, your for, academic advisors aren't going to your exactly living room. Right. Like <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to pretend to speak for the entire show. Mm-hmm. But what I'll say is my my stance has always been I'm in favor of players having more rights mm-hmm. and players you know having a little bit more uh, autonomy. Yeah. And I so I think this is I think this is great. And I think this is uh, you know people are saying oh you're just gonna have college football free agency. Good. Yeah. Like uh, that's what uh, okay. I want. I want. Uh-huh. I want. Like either that or either that or pay them. Okay. Like <laughs> right. like I'm not gonna ask them. To, you know. Like it's it seem, it's always seemed ridiculous to me that, that the national letter of intent is a binding contract for zero dollars mm-hmm. in your pocket. Yeah. So and I know they get paid for you know scholarship. Spare me. Okay. I've <laughs> I've I've heard those arguments and the bottom line is that they have are, another show entirely on that. Yes. They are not. They are not paid. But even if you consider that payment, they are not paid what they are worth. Anyway. Um, okay, so that's one thing, and that's obviously going to be something we're keeping an eye on. Brew McCoy is going to Texas, and all and of the Texas is now like the third. Yeah, it's a huge, a huge, huge recruiting. Co- <laughs> He's uh, their highest-rated recruit of the year now. Like yeah. this, it's kind of insane. Yeah, they've that gone. They've gone from like a 
darn good recruiting class to like an elite recruiting class right. with this one kid. So. Okay, uh, uh, let's go across the uh, what used to be the Lone Star Showdown rivalry to uh, Texas A&M, where uh, Texas A&M is, and I don't know if this is necessarily a surprise, but uh, but uh, Nick Starkle, the quarterback for Texas A&M, the former Ar- Argyle Liberty Christian product, is going to transfer. Now he's going to he's going to transfer. Um, to me, I don't. I think that he probably saw the sign, the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. that Kellen Mond is the guy. He took the step forward. Yeah, he. You know, we were wondering heading into this year with the first year under Jimbo Fisher, who is going to reach out there and grab the brass ring. Now, I don't think that Kellen Mond has been perfect, and I think that I think that he's got room to improve. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to me that Jimbo Fisher is committed to Kellen Mond at right. least for 2019. And as a result, there's no reason for Nick Starkle to stick around. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to transfer. Um, the uh, The quarterback depth now, and, and Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, wrote about this on TexasFootball.com. Their quarterback depth is suddenly, like, kind of, Kind of lacking. That's kind of the thing with all these with all these transfers, mm-hmm. really. Like the backup, you have a highly touted backup quarterback. Well, that highly touted quarterback could start somewhere else, mm-hmm. and so he just does. Mm-hmm. He leaves, and so he, and so you're kind of left with the un, you know the the lesser talented guys now the second string, yeah. and so depth kind of across the nation. But now, and obviously hitting at A and M, uh, quarterback depth is becoming an issue. Yeah, it's going to be really really interesting to see. Um, what uh, um, you know, what happens there? Now I think they've got a quarterback in this class. So I think they do as well. Um, I'm so to look. you know, but but that it, it, in any case, Nick Starkle is transferring um, from Texas A&M. Zach Calzada from yes. uh, Georgia. Yeah, is their guy. So, um, and they're not hurting in recruiting, by the way. They're doing pretty darn good. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing uh, is uh, this weekend, um, we, we all consumed a little bit of football. We're going to talk. We're going to go to the. Um, to the interview uh, I did with Bo Robinson at the DFW Coaches Clinic, we, we all three of us went out to the DFW Coaches Clinic, um, saw a number of coaches, and saw friends, and uh, it was fun. There was uh, uh, we the the one thing about those things is, and this is just a little bit of journalism uh, ethics for uh, this is a journalism ethics podcast. Um, Basically, the only ethical rule I have is that if somebody has a drink in their hand, then they are they're off they're off the record. Yeah, and so we kind of posted up our camera between us and the bar, <laughs> and like, like and net. like as four <laughs> o'clock on Friday rolled around, yeah. like that's when we were starting to get more more coaches be like, no 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 before you go over there before you go over there come on over. Uh, so we we had a good time at the DFW Coaches Clinic, and then on Saturday night I was at uh, the Omni at the Star in Frisco. Mm. For the Built for Tough Player of the Year um, awards banquet, uh, this is the first year that I was hosting the Built for Tough Player of the Week show on Fox Sports Southwest. Myself, Aaron Hardigan, uh, Katie Engelson, and Sarah Merrifield um, kind of emceed the event. And uh, I guess I didn't realize what a big event this is. Like they had wait, they had all those those ladies. Yeah, why'd they invite you? You were Whew. completely unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> like, I even told them that. I go, listen, it's you three and me. Who do you think is going to get more photos taken with? They that? got they got Hardigan to come all the way up from New Orleans, and they still asked you from down the road. Right. Wow. Exactly. It was astonishing. Uh, but it was it was a great. I'd say that's a surplus, but I don't know if it's. It, it was a great. <laughs> it was a great event. Uh, the winners of the Bill Fortuff Players of the Year 
Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can remember. It's 6A. It was Haynes King. Coach John King was there. Uh, nice. Chatted with him and uh, chatted with Haynes King. And by the way, at the end, he won a raffle to win a Jerry Jones signed Cowboys helmet. So sure. it was just a nice <laughs> night for Haynes King. Good run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 5A was Chase Griffin. He was unavailable to be there but because he's already enrolled at UCLA, but they, they recorded an interview with him. 4A was Jordan Whittington at Cuero. Also unavailable to be there because he's enrolled at Texas, but uh, certainly will deserve 3A was uh, Tyler Rodriguez from Bonham. Oh. I was actually very pleased Sweet. with uh, with with his choice. Uh, I chatted him up afterwards and he was uh, he was pretty uh, pretty surprised and, and pretty honored by that. Uh, well deserved for him. A uh, 2A was Jet Whitfield. I talked with him. Nice. And I don't know if you've stood when uh, before I don't know if you were on the field before the game. I don't know if you stood next to Jet Whitfield. He's a freak. That dude is built. Yeah. That dude like yeah. like you see him and he's running around and he's so yeah. fast that you yeah. think like, "Oh, okay, like no. He's going to be wiry, and then Dude's you see him. Pipes. He is big. <laughs> yeah. So he was the 2A player of the year, and the private school player of the year was Brian Williams at Bishop Dunn. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to um, to, to be there. And they, those kids got loaded down with swag. Nice. They all got – so they walk in to the – they walk into the banquet hall, mm-hmm. and, and they all have hang on the back of their um, uh, chair – a custom Cowboys jersey with their name Ooh, and number on it, okay. which was choice. Okay. They got like they got to go on like a tour of like the Nike shop they've got there, and they got loaded down with swag. They had du- they were walking out with duffel bags. These guys were like, they were like blown away. I think a lot of them were like, yeah. oh, like I get my name read and yeah. I get a meal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, man, get, <laughs> this thing was awesome. You get, That's a, pretty sweet. you get five years worth of Cowboys swag. Yes, right. Nice. Uh, but it was a lot of fun um, to 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 talk up uh, some of the best. Uh, and brightest high school football players in the state at the uh, Bill Ford Tough Player of the Year banquet. A great turnout. And I, was, I was pleased to be a part of it uh, for some reason. Sweet. <laughs> we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Nakadoshi just came out. Open. Dave Campbell's Texas football <laughs> high school football insider Matt Stepp reports that Bobby Reyes has resigned. So there you go. Um, TexasFootball.com slash insider. If you want insider stuff like that, uh, Matt Stepp will have you covered. Uh, TexasFootball.com. Two magazines, 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football, 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Those two magazines mail directly to you before they hit shelves. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. We've got big, big plans for online content over the offseason. And, of course, you got great content during the season as well. All that, everything I just listed for the low, low price of $19.95 for an entire year. $19.95 for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. I mentioned that we were scattered hither and yon across the state. Um, the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew was out in force uh, at coaches clinics, one of them down in uh, McAllen, the City of Palms uh, coaching school, coaching um, clinic in uh, McAllen down there in the Rio Grande Valley. Matt Stepp took the trek down there, caught up uh, with a guy who didn't have to come far, Edinburgh Vela coach John Campbell. Uh, he caught up with John Campbell. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Edinburgh Vela coach John Campbell here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the City of Palms Coaches Clinic here with the head coach of the Edinburgh Vela Sabercats, Coach John Campbell. Uh, coach, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us. Well, thanks for having us. All right, Coach, uh, obviously the uh, last couple of years have been uh, really impressive at Vela. You guys, a uh, 12-1 season last year. Uh, for us, you guys were pretty much the consensus number one team in the Valley. A lot of competition down here, but you guys were able to rise above it and then uh, get to the third round of the playoffs. And really, I thought 
uh, even in a losing effort. I know you wish you would have won that game against Westlake, but your kids played really well and, and made a great accounting of themselves. So uh, I know looking back on it, you've had a chance to kind of evaluate things. Uh, what was your most proud of with your seniors and your team last year? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we had to, we had our end of the year banquet uh, last night, as a matter of fact, and, and the fact that when we got back off the bus from the previous year, uh, we felt that we kind of embarrassed ourselves a little bit that, that first year and basically made a 365-day goal to, to get right back to that same, same place. Uh, knew that we'd have a real good chance to play in Austin Westlake. Uh, and, you know, you don't ever want to play second fiddle per se, uh, but we definitely wanted to improve upon our showing and, you know, basically had a 63-point gap that we needed to fill. Um, and, and felt that you we, cut 40 off of it. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and the thing was, I think it was a different feeling to where we, you know, we didn't deserve to win. We made, made enough mistakes, but, uh, I think this time around it was, the, the kids realized that we can play with, with Austin Westlake and, and actually leaving the field with dead gummit. If we didn't make some of those mistakes, not only would we have been able to play with them, uh, but you can win a ball game like that. Uh, so from that standpoint, although it didn't come out the way we wanted to, uh, I think the program took some significant steps forward. I was going to ask you, how, do, how does that help you going into 2019? Because you guys were, you know, competitive and you felt like you had some chances to, to make that game a, a one-score game and win it late maybe possibly if things would have bounced, the ball would have bounced your way and you wouldn't have made any mistakes. How big is that now to have that mental mindset that, hey, we can play, not only can we just go to these games and show up, we can actually play with these guys and now I take the next step and beat them. It's got to be big going into the offseason. It definitely is. I mean, uh, you've got two sets of kids. I mean, the, the good news is that uh, we played and competed against Westlake. The bad news is that we've had to play against a program such as, as Westlake. So kind of always taking that, that philosophy of, of taking a lemonade, a lemonade make and lemonade. Uh, we've got two sets of kids in our program now uh, that – played against one of the best programs in the state of Texas. Uh, so they know kind of what it takes uh, to compete at that level. And, and, you know, we've got a group of kids that have, have been in that ball game twice now. Uh, so, you know, that, that kind of grows your program. All right, looking, looking ahead of the offseason, uh, it's always important, you know, we're going get, to get stronger, get faster. Is there any specific message that you and your coaching staff kind of gave to your kids when they kind of came back from the Christmas break? Because especially for you guys, you played three rounds deep. Really, the offseason really doesn't start until you get back from Christmas vacation. So when, you, when the kids came back and you got them for the second semester, and I know they're out doing other basketball and playing baseball and getting in track, but, but when you have them in football offseason, what, what's your message to your kids and, and any goals that you have for the offseason? It gets a little corny because Co Coach Saban has made it such a cliche with uh, the process, but, you know, we feel like we have a process in place, and, and, and it's a matter of following on a, on kind of on a day-to-day -day basis. And part of that process is developing the next group of, of leadership. A lot of the intangibles uh, that people don't necessarily see on a Friday night, you know, they see the performance aspect. Uh, but there's so much behind the scenes during the offseason with the kids working and grinding, you know, whether it's going through OTAs or, or working out or going through the boot camp, uh, where that little leadership dynamic, sort of the character makeup, personality of that respective team uh, unfolds. Um, we got a group of kids uh, that haven't had a lot of adversity in terms of wins and loss kind of a deal, and, and sometimes you need to remind them of what it takes to get to that level. Create a little adversity, right? Exactly. <laughs> now, um, you, you've been out here for two years now. Just for you personally, how, how do you feel like, you know, you got to be really excited that the community has accepted you and the kids really seem like just watching your kids on film, they really seem like they've bought in 100% uh, to, the, to the program and, and to what you and your coaching staff has instilled. It's got to be really an honor and humbling, I would imagine. It's very humbling, very humbling. Uh, we're, we feel very fortunate. We're in a community that really loves their high school. 
extremely supportive of, of not just football, uh, but all extracurricular programs. I mean, uh, I don't think there, there's a lot of neat things that are going on in the Rio Grande Valley on the on the educational end, and, and we hear a lot of the negative uh, from up north. But I mean, whether it's our school or other school districts, whether it's going on academically or athletically, uh, like I said, a lot of dynamic things, and we just happen to be in a in a situation where uh, we have a lot of success. We have a community that expects to have success, uh, and we have an administration that will support the pursuing of that success. Uh, so. How uh, you know? Final question for you: The, the city, the, another great speaker list here at the City of Palms Clinic. Uh, another lot of great speakers, a lot of guys who've won state titles and know a lot of football. It's got to be a nice convenience to have such a, a good clinic and a good speaker list uh, here. Because I know you're a football junkie and you like to just listen to these guys talk ball. It's got to be a real, real kind of blessing to have this kind of thing right down the corner, right around, right down the street from you. Major asset for the entire Rio Grande Valley because yes, we've got opportunity to listen to some guys that have kind of been there and and done that. I mean, it's a it's a really neat list of speakers. You got guys that have competed in the state championships. You got guys that are coaching at the college level, and then we've got some guys that locally have had some success as well. So, uh, real good opportunity to grow professionally this weekend. Coach, appreciate you what you do for student athletes in the state of Texas, and uh, good luck in 2019. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again for having us. There is John Campbell, the head coach of the Edinburgh Vale of Sabercats, taking a little bit of time to talk with Matt Stepp at the City of Palms um, Clinic down there in McAllen. Heard it was a fun time. We'll have interviews throughout the week from Matt Stepp's intrepid journeys. Uh, we didn't go far. We went down the street to Grapevine, like literally down the street. There's like one road that goes up by our by our uh, office, and we just got on it, and like five minutes later, we were there. A uh, number of coaches we caught up with. One of them, the head coach of the Yoakum Bulldogs, Coach Bo Robinson. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat with us. Here's our conversation with Yoakum Coach Bo Robinson here on Texas Football Today. Greg Tupper, Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here at the DFW Coaches Clinic in Grapevine. Here with the head coach of the Yoakum Bulldogs, Coach Bo Robinson. Uh, you're awful. You're awful far from home. This is this is a hole for you. Well, yeah. If you're a coach, you know anywhere inside the, the state of Texas is home. I've been a lot of places. I'm actually from Abilene, so it's not too far. Yeah, you're. You know, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, let's talk uh, first and first and foremost, briefly. You know, you you are. You know, you came all this way to uh, the coaches' clinic, and and you know we hear uh, coaches talk about how they need their teams to get better, their coaching staffs to get better. What are you hoping to get from events like this? Well. You know, if you come and, and you learn one thing, one little thing at this, you, you know, it's, it's worth your while. And you get to see guys you hadn't seen in a long time and fellowship and, and uh, just be around a bunch of guys that have the, the same goal in life that you do. It's the coaching fraternity getting together, and I use that word knowing the implications of fraternity because you guys, you get these boys together. It's a, it, can, it can be a – is there a, a poker tournament tonight? Is that right? I think there is. Uh, I, I don't do that. I'm Baptist. So I don't know. We've got a we've got a Bible, Bible study. study tonight this evening, and I'll let you know how that goes tomorrow. But I think some of those Catholic guys are are playing poker tonight. Speaking as a Catholic, you can deal me in. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your 20, 2018 Bulldogs. Uh, another another remark. Well, I'll say another remarkable season from my perspective because you know we cover every team in the state, but I also know the standards there for there in Yoakum. Are, are very high. You expect a lot of, of yourself and, and your team. So so how would you characterize your, your 2018 season? Well, the kids came in, you know, uh, state statewide media ranked them early. But if you'd have ranked them in DeWitt County, they wouldn't have been ranked very high. The people didn't think they had a chance to have a chance to win. Uh, thought, we, you know, we graduated 26 seniors, nine defensive starters, and four D1 kids. You think, 
and they're not going to be very good. But we thought we could be before the year was over. We were in a tough league, had a had a tough schedule, and we knew that we'd be battle tested. And and the kids, you know, no, they, they didn't believe they weren't going to be any good, and that's what matters. And so uh, we we had a great year. We weren't as talented, but it was a fun year because you know it, it surprised some people, but it didn't surprise the people in the room. You know, you, you mentioned the district. You guys run through an extremely tough district. You know, we were talking, you know, uh, I know you didn't make it. Apparently, you, you don't have any friends at the UIL that can do anything about that. That's, uh, that's all the top. Well, no. Uh, we, we had a tough, we've had a tough district, uh, you know, since we've been at Yoakum. And uh, we traded Van Vleck for Goliad. And, you know, either way you go, that's tough. Goliad was really talented and probably had the, the most talented bunch down there this year. But uh, it's hard to beat somebody twice. And. And they won the first one. That's not the one you want to win. You won the second one. So, uh, yeah, extremely tough district, and we got better as the year went on. How, how important is it for you? You know, how, how you you obviously don't view that as a detriment. You view that as an advantage to be able to play that tough district. You know, how important is it for you guys to to be battle tested when you do hit the playoffs? Well, well it is. Uh, you know, I got that from my dad. Dad always scheduled tough people early in the year. He wasn't afraid to lose games, and uh, you know, I, I've never. Of course, I've never won that last game. I've been there five times and not won it, but losing games early is not its not the end of the world. I mean, your kids learn how to deal with adversity, and, and obviously when you, you play a Quero every year in nine district, uh, we played Needville this year, we've, we've played Giddings, uh, you know, people that are really good, and yeah, they're, they're going to make you better. And so now, looking forward to 2019, I think there, there's maybe not the same kind of idea, but you guys are losing some, some key pieces. There are some guys that, that are gone overall, you know, real early look at 2019. You, you had some, some exciting youngsters uh, overall. What, can you give us a real quick preview? The JV, uh, they didn't lose a district game, or, and they were mainly our freshmen. Our eighth grade didn't uh, lose a game. Our seventh grade, I believe, was undefeated in district. So we've got good young kids coming. We've got a an eighth grade running back whose daddy played for me at Bangs and played at Baylor. He's one of our coaches. He, you know, they say athletic ability skips a generation, so we're, we're thinking this kid's going to be really good. And uh, he got tackled eight or nine times this year, so we got some good ones coming. Uh, and what time does that Bible study start? 9.30 on the East Coast. I think that's 8.30 Central Time. I'll see you there, Coach. Good visit with you. There he is, Bo Robinson, the head coach of the Yoakum Bulldogs. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat with us. Yahoos at the DFW Coaches Clinic. I wonder how that Bible study went. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that all weekend. <laughs> Should have gone. I'm sure it was great. Anyway, yeah. uh, so we appreciate him catching up with us a little bit earlier this weekend. Uh, and now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Good stuff, good stuff. A um, couple interesting ideas here. I was tempted not to answer this because of where it came from. Uh, Miziel saw something uh, on The Herd. Full stop. Stop watching The Herd. Stop watching Colin Coward. He'll go away if you stop paying attention to him. Uh, But a guest on the show, which is why I'm allowing it. I'll allow it. Okay. Uh, Also looking at who that guest was. Suggested the idea of changing overtime to penalty kicks in football, (laughs) where each team's field goal units take turns kicking different field goals, and the first to miss loses. I'm a huge fan of that. I really like the idea of both kickers starting from 35-40, then going five yards farther each try, and if they get a kick blocked, the other team would have a shot to win. It 
It keeps players healthy. <laughs> it completely eliminates undervaluing the kicker, and the game mm-hmm. won't last forever. I, I'd be so into it. What I do you guys think? I, I don't hate that at all. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the other thing is that it would put a – there's a couple of, of, of kind of side effects. First of all, it would put a premium on winning in – regulation right like you do not want to go right, you don't play you don't want to play for overtime. no yeah. yeah how many times do you see teams play yeah. for overtime like, 30 they get seconds a, left they, they have 45 like, seconds left. they have two timeouts they go nah, you know what let's yeah, just kneel it out and go to overtime yeah. even playing that would be great you would also yeah obviously i think it would be safer overall right. <laughs> right the other thing is boy that would change the nfl draft <laughs> that like yeah. i really think oh, yeah. you would start getting like because what's the highest kickers go now like a really good kicker will go in the Fourth, fourth, or fifth. Maybe late reached, fourth. Like, Tampa Bay reached for Aguayo a couple yeah. weeks, a couple years back. Uh, obviously, Janikowski is the yeah. big one. But yeah, usually I'd say fourth, fifth. Fourth, fifth is the yeah. earliest you see it. Yeah. You would start seeing third round kickers like consistently. Yeah. Uh, if you change that, I'm all in favor of that. Look, I think that kicking is an undervalued part of the game. I'll, I'll tell you this much too. You'll actually see special teams coordinators come back. Yes, Because, like, will. right now there's only, like, a couple that don't do another position. Usually it's, like, wide receivers and special teams. But yeah. now it's, like, you might start seeing full-time staffers that are just special teams coaches. Staffers, I think, extra point. Oh, I'm sorry, deep snappers. There's a lot, yeah. of, there's oh, a lot that goes ooh, that's I don't, one. I don't, I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that. It'll start never happen. Really focusing on who it. the holder is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm all for anything that just avoids – like one team touching the ball and that's it. Yeah, I I, I always thought the best thing was just play a full quarter. Yeah, yeah. you could play just a play quarter like and then do sudden death, like or eight minutes or five minutes yeah. or whatever. Play yeah. a full quarter yeah. and then just and then whoever's winning at that point. Yeah, but fine. yeah, Fair. the only the only issue would be that then you could go like there's no end in sight. Right. And then what if you have to go to like nine quarters? But that's play no. I'm saying you play yeah. one full quarter, then you do sudden death. Yeah. Yeah. Got That'd it. Be it. Yeah. Anyway. What if they switch it to kickball? <laughs> like then you just have to play kickball. Well, that's 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 like what soccer does. Like let's just play an entirely new sport. Let's do PKs. Well, and that's <laughs> oh, right. And, and and much like hockey. Yeah. Hockey, the most right. brilliant thing they came up with, the most brilliant sports invention in the last decade yeah. was hockey. Saying, you know what? No, three on three overtime. <laughs> if you've yeah. never, even if you don't like hockey, yeah. watch if, if there's a, if you have a hockey team, a hockey game on your television, yeah. and it's three on three overtime, yeah. you will watch it because it's like super exciting. Let's just play an entirely different sport. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, seven on seven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Aaron Flynn uh, says, "I'll apply at Nacogdoches. I have zero experience, but Clint, Clint Dempsey is okay in my book." I, I totally <laughs> agree. I, sure. Yeah, Clint I, Dempsey for head coach. Different football. Didn't he retire? Open up. Yes. Yes. Well, he he's got nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, hey, I'm yeah, here. he might be having a call. I'm here. I'm here for Deuce, Deuce as the head coach. That'd of the be Dragons. fun. I'm he here could, for it. We'll have him on the show. I'm telling you, he's going to get called up to the U.S. Men's National Team soon. Fair enough. Just because yeah, he, re- he retired, Columbia. that's not going to stop Berhalter from calling him. They looked okay against Columbia. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Miziel was in here Panama. earlier like, how about the U.S. Men's National Panama? Team? Did Panama? Did did it's not an international break. Let's did you even watch last night-ish? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't know. I, I, it's not an international I had, break. It's I had, not I had, real. I had it on Twitter, and all I saw was like some of the youngsters scoring, and I'm like, that's cool. They're all MLS players. I don't care. Yeah. I I I am waiting for the next international break yeah. to see who Burhalter calls in to decide if I'm going to hate him forever, right? Or if I'm on board. If Timothy Way gets a call up, he's cool with me. Yeah. If 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 the Euro dudes get called in, we're cool. We're good. We're good. We're Burhalter good. has my undying love and affection and support. If it's just if MLS, I see Darlington Navy get called up. If it's MLS camp extraordinaire, <laughs> I'm just out. I'm done. I'm just I'll be tertiarily paying attention. Yep. It's not happening. I uh, love America. <laughs> uh, Tony Blaylock says seven on seven for overtime. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Come on now. 
Come on, I'm into man. that. Yeah. I'm into soccer. I'm also into one thing I think would be great for soccer yeah. is like if you're going to do extra time, yeah. that's fine, but uh, you have to remove a player. Because Ooh. because because uh, one of the things and, and that was something right. that when I was starting to get into soccer, yeah. I think that you you don't realize that yeah. w- like if you get red carded, like if somebody if you lose a man, oh, the advantage if you is. if yeah. you remove if you were to literally just remove one player from yeah. each fee- each game, that game is wild ass. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is yeah. back and forth. That's true. So that's true. Yeah. Final question from I'm Rob Hadaway in South Lake. What are your guys' thoughts on Blinn Junior College, the program, the coaches, etc.? Would that be a better place to go? I wonder why he's asking. Then a Division II Arkansas school. I actually think this is a good question for us. Look, so I so a, ju- a prominent JUCO over a Division II. Yes, elsewhere. Uh, yes. It, I, I think it kind of depends on what your goal is. That if you right. yeah. are like, with all due respect to Blinn and all JUCOs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are like obviously that is that is viewed more as a stepping stone. Sure. That if you if your goal is you want oh, to play, play D one if you want to play D one yeah. or F- FBS or FCS, FCS or something yeah. like that, uh, then I would say Blinn is the better choice. But if you are going if you are looking for some place that you can spend four years and you can play, obviously Blinn is not a four right. Yeah, school. yeah. If, if you want the if you want the full college football experience, then I I I, I think Division two I think I think Division two is so under underappreciated by a lot of recruits. I think they say mm-hmm. oh it's Division two or whatever. Right. right. Um. I think it's I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of kids to get to, to get some yeah. run. Um. And I think that it's you know I think people turn their nose up at smaller schools even though I don't think they should. I, I will. Think you have to be right. I think you have to be a certain profile of player to go to a JUCO too because yes. there are so many players who for whatever reason academically or something didn't make that cut. They're F they're FBS FCS physically mm-hmm. yeah. right and so I think if you're if you are somebody who's probably whose path more looks more D2 you have to be careful going to JUCOs because you could be yeah. zoned out right. like you could be right. just boxed out of the paint and not play also yeah. the only thing I'll say is uh, I've Put a link in our comments for the Texas College Football Heat Index. Oh, yes, yeah. uh, Blinn it was is the eleventh uh, hottest program. They've been great uh, from the last season. It's a good program. They win a lot of games. I think they would have been better this year if uh, Davion Boyd, the former Atascosa mm-hmm. quarterback, had not gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. They they kind of came out of the gate hot, and then he got hurt. Um, look, it's it's it worked for Cam Newton, mm-hmm. right? But Cam Newton is special, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, it's a good JUCO program. It's as not for, far as Texas yeah. ones go. It's hard to beat. Absolutely. Um, them or Trinity Valley are probably one and two, right? Yeah, Trinity Valley is pretty good. It just kind of depends on the year. It, it yeah. fluctuates. But um, look, if you get a good scholarship to play D two football, that's a that's a guarantee right there. Yes, yeah. like that's a lot of education paid for right. and all that. Yeah, stuff. I, so yeah. It's 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 not a one size fits all answer. It's you not. Know what it's I mean? not a one size fits all answer. And uh, you know, I think. JUCO ends up being where a lot of kids with not good enough grades, but but enough talent to be D one kids, mm-hmm. end up going to try and kind of rehab their image. Yes, and their, right. And their, like and a Cam Newton resume. scenario. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or just get better grades in a better setting and keep playing football so that mm-hmm. they have a shot at that D one scholarship that maybe got pulled away because their grades just weren't good enough. Those kinds of things. Right. That's the kind of a story you hear more often. It is a place where some players go, uh, and and not many people took a shot on them, and they end up turning it into a D1 two-year, three-year offer. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the Indiana quarterback that came from uh, oh. uh, from uh, Cisco? Right, right, right. He was number 21. It was like last year. I'm shaking my head at you. Yeah. You I don't know. know. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. You're at the Texas high school. Richard football. Legau? That's – Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Duncanville quarterback? Uh, I don't think Sunker so. Prairie? Am I crazy? Maybe that is. I'm looking it up. Plano. 
Plano. Plano. Nailed it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Third time. Um, so it's not a one size fits all, but those right. are kind of our thoughts. Yeah. And that's we'll give that answer for a loyal viewer like Rob. Thank so you. good luck in your choice. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's of course. See us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow in Texas Football Today.